0: A road to, as we find it in the book of Revelation, and this time it is the church at Philadelphia. We find in Revelation three, starting with verse seven through. who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep... which is coming down out of heaven from my God and I will also write on him my new name he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches after the sermon we will sing together also the boys and girls of this congregation, and includes everybody, young and old. The city of Philadelphia was, a, was not a very large city, and it wasn't a very old one either. It had been in existence only for a few centuries at the time that this letter to the church at Philadelphia was written city was founded by King Atalus II, approximately 140 years before the birth of Christ. He called the city Philadelphia, which means brotherly love, because of his loyalty to his brother Eumenes. The city was built on a valley on the slope of a mountain. The valley was quite fertile. of the mountain. Philadelphia was not very large because the people were afraid to live in it. They were afraid because of volcanic activity and because the land was prone to earthquakes. In the year 17, after the birth of Christ, an earthquake had hit the region, causing extensive damage to a large part of the city now the people no longer felt secure. Many people moved to the countryside, fearing that they might lose their property or even their lives. And that's understandable, isn't it? People want to feel safe. And I'm sure that some of the people who live in Calgary right now don't feel as safe as they did before. That's human nature. We all want to our spiritual life. Security is important. And the Lord God also understands that about us. And for that reason, he comes to the people that belong to the church at Philadelphia with words of encouragement. He tells them that those who belong to God will be secure no matter what. Although on earth you may be afraid to enter certain certain parts of the world because of calamities such as earthquakes and floods and volcanic activities or because of wars or whatever. When you enter into God's kingdom, you don't have to be afraid. Through faith, you will find morning service is as follows. The Lord has given you an open door. And then we will look at three things. We will first look at the door that has been shut. Secondly, the door that has been opened. And then finally, the dwelling that has been secured. The letter to the church at Philadelphia is quite a contrast to the previous letter written to the church at Sardis. Whereas the churches at Sardis the Lord had, with the church at Sardis, the Lord has nothing or little good to say. To the church at Philadelphia, the Lord God has nothing but good to say. He is full of praise and commendation for this church. And whereas the church at Sardis did not know any opposition from within or without, the church at Philadelphia had to contend with all kinds of opposition. And the opposition came especially from the Jews who are especially mentioned here and which God calls the synagogue of Satan. Now, why do you think he calls them that? Well, look at what the Jews of that city had done. They tried to shut the Christians in that city out from the kingdom of God. They, in effect, had them, declaring those Christians to be heretics and apostates. They had declared that the Christian did not have part in God's covenant. The Jews, they said, they are the true Israel. They are the descendants of Abraham. As far as they were concerned, that Jesus of Nazareth was nothing but a fraud. He is not the Messiah that the Jews have been him and his followers. Why did they persecute the Christians? For they not only tried to shut the Christians out of the kingdom of God, they also tried to shut them out of societal life. Now there are many reasons for them to do what they did. For one thing, they knew that if a Christian in the society of that day would actually put his faith into practice that then he would become an outcast of society especially in the society of that day. When you are a Christian, and you come before all kinds of closed doors in society. For a Christian, even though he lives in this world, has to reject this world with its immoral practices and self-serving ethics. And so those Jews, they didn't want that. They didn't want to be shut out like They did not want to make that sacrifice and they didn't think it was necessary either. And so they didn't want to be identified with the Christians, which was easily done because the Christians also had the Old Testament, just like they did and they could be easily mistaken for a certain sect of the Jews. The Jews also sought their security in their legalistic that you could earn your salvation with God by keeping the law. And so they came with their own set of rules as to the best way to accomplish that. Ultimately, they found their security as children of God within themselves. Within the ability of them keeping the law found their security in the wrong way. And the Jews craved security not only as children of God, but also as citizens of society. And so they compromised. They set the rules up in such a way that they didn't have to give up their position in the world. And therefore, unlike the Christians, they didn't lose their incomes, their businesses, their houses, and their positions of prestige. They had one foot firmly placed in the kingdom of God, and the other foot firmly planted in the world, at least so they thought. Well, says the Lord Jesus Christ to the church at Philadelphia, these Jews should not feel so secure in their position. So I have shut them out of the kingdom. Listen how the Lord Jesus begins this letter to the church of Philadelphia. He writes there, first of all, about his own secure position. He writes there about the fact that he has been given the keys of David. He writes, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open that mean well these words come from the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 22 which we just read together the words found there are repeated here in this prophecy of the book of Revelation why what has that passage to do with this one well look at the parallel between the circumstances described in the prophecy of Isaiah and the circumstances at the time of this prophecy written Philadelphia. When these words were recorded by Isaiah, Judah's security was being threatened by the powerful nation of Assyria. And the Jews of that day were very much afraid. But instead of trusting in order to accomplish that. One of the treacherous leaders of Judah during that time was a a man named Shepna. Shepna is a foreign name, and so this man was a foreigner. Shepna had been put in charge of the palace. It was a position which was second only to was like the chief of staff in the prime minister's office or in the office of the president of the United States. Such a chief of staff has a lot of clout, a lot of power. A chief of staff can decide who will or who will not see the prime minister or the president. During Isaiah's days, this position was even more powerful and prestigious than that. For when you were in that position, But we read in that passage that God wanted the Shepna removed from office. Do you know why? Because this man trusted in his own position of wealth and power. He was arrogant. He had his own agenda. He abused his office. And he was a compromiser with the world. This man thought that Egypt could save him. could save Judah Shetna was an unfaithful servant of the Lord he was not fit for office he was not fit to exercise the keys of the kingdom of David for he would shut out those from the king's presence who would advocate repentance and return to the Lord instead of compromising with the Egyptians and the Assyrians he would shut out those who would say that only those who humble themselves before God and be saved from their enemies. He would shut out those who advocated trusting in the Lord alone. He shut the door to them. You have no business with the king. And now in spite of the fact that he thought that his position was secure, the Lord says, I'm going to take it away from him and I'm going to give it to somebody else. And he's going to give it to Eliakim. He would receive the Of authority, for he is dependable and faithful administer of the affairs of God's people. The parallel with the Jews in Philadelphia is that they also thought that their position was secure. They also thought that they could shut out those Christians. They thought that they would be able to exercise the keys of God's kingdom. away from those Jews for they did not exercise those keys in accordance with the command of their superior with God himself the Lord God has given those keys to his faithful servant the true son of David he has given them to the Lord Jesus Christ and now Christ gives an open door to the Christian church there at Philadelphia we come to the second point What exactly is the open door that the Lord Jesus Christ gives to the church at Philadelphia? Well, no doubt in the first place, it is the open door to God's kingdom. Because these people were faithful, the Lord promises that he will not shut them out. The church at Philadelphia, the people had to suffer a lot. Like the other churches that were persecuted, they were shut out of the mainstream of society, it was difficult for them to exist, to make a living, and to be able to feed themselves and their families. They had to withstand the accusations of the Jews and of all those who opposed them. They also had to deal with the scorn and disdain of those who ridiculed their religion. And the Lord commends the Christians, those believers in Philadelphia, for withstanding that. For he says in verse 10 that they kept his command to endure patiently. They endured patiently by faithfully exercising the keys of the kingdom that the Lord Jesus had given to them. Namely, through them the faithful preaching of God's word, they proclaimed the opening of God's kingdom to all those who would put their faith in God They did not waver in their faith. No, they hung on to what they had been given. They hung on for dear life because it was so precious. They did not let go of the Lord their God. When you read through the history of the early church, then you are amazed how those who suffered for their faith because of persecutions and tribulations, how they brought others to faith. The growth, of the early Christian church was phenomenal. And that's because their public persecution brought attention to the word of God. The world realized that they were different from them. In spite of the persecution, in spite of the things they had to suffer, these people were still joyful in the Lord. Even though they didn't go along with the morality of the world, they were even willing to give up their lives for their faith. stand up for our faith when it came down to the crunch are we willing to suffer hardship because of our faith are the doors of the god's kingdom also open through you through me through the words that you speak and through the way that we conduct ourselves within this society or are you the uh, silent type type that doesn't so easily speak about his faith. And that can be. Not everybody is the same. But let me ask you, do those with whom you do business, with whom you come into everyday contact, do they even know that you're a Christian? When you come to stand before the throne of God, will God also commend you for your faithfulness in the way that out your faith. Or oh, you may say, I'm only one person. And I, I'm a very weak one at that. I, I don't really have much to offer other people. I'm but a very insignificant member of God's kingdom. I, I'd rather leave that up to, uh, to others. But now listen to what the Lord God says to the church of Philadelphia. He says in verse 8, I know that you have little strength. Speaking about strength in this context, he is speaking about the way we as human beings define strength. We think that our strength comes when we have a position of power from which to exercise authority. But remember, that's also what Shepna thought. He thought that he was powerful. But then suddenly God took it all away. He thought his thought that he had control of his own life, but he found out that he didn't, for no one does. God alone has control. God alone is strong. The people of the world, they think too that they have power. They think that their strength, for example, is in numbers. They think that their strength is in economic clout. It's also what prime minister of this country thinks, and the premiers, and political leaders. They think that because a good part of the people of this country think like they do, that therefore they come from a position of strength. But they don't realize how weak their position really is. Do you know what Paul says? He says in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 10, that when he is weak, that then he is strong. For those who are weak in the eyes of the world are strong in the eyes of God. For when you are weak, then you go to God for strength. Then you go to God for wisdom. They go to God to put words in your mouth. And then you can speak God's truth boldly. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, you are only strong in the Lord therefore none of us may underestimate the power that God has given to you and me as, as believers. And the Lord God has given us an open door. Isn't that wonderful? To have an open door to the kingdom of God. To know that that door always stands open to But it's a door that also must be opened to others. It says in verse 9 that those Jews who thought that they were coming from a position of strength will come and fall down at the feet of the Christians at Philadelphia and acknowledge that God has loved them. This is not just a reference to the last day. No, this means that many of them will come to faith. In other words, some of those Jews who are right now persecuting those Philadelphians, the Lord God says that eventually they will see the light. And how many Jews have not come to faith over the years? They will see that God is the one who proclaims the truth and that he does it through his son, Jesus Christ, who is the word and who is the door through whom we may enter. And they will see that God loves them. therefore the law, Lord God gives the command to the church of God to proclaim the opening of the kingdom of God to whomever he places on their path. And that's also what these Christians did. And they had an excellent position for which to do that for the city of Philadelphia was established as a Hellenist, Hellenistic city in the midst of a barbarian world. King Attalus wanted the Greek civilization to spread from Philadelphia all the other cities there in the surrounding area. That was one of the reasons that he established that city, to promote Hellenism. And so whatever came from Philadelphia was seen as something progressive and new. And for that reason, the Christians also had a wonderful opportunity to spread the gospel from there, which they did. They didn't keep their mouths shut in spite of the trials and tribulations that they would have to suffer because of it. And that is the opportunity that is given to you, us as well today. We have to speak to our fellow man, to whomever the Lord God places on our path, about the opening of God's kingdom. And there are many ways in which this can be done. In the first place, this must be done in the way that we conduct ourselves. People must be able to see from our lifestyles that we are not like the They must hear from our conversations with them how joyful we are to be saved. There are thousands upon thousands of people here in Edmonton who have never heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? There are those in old age homes, those in the hospitals, those who are chronically ill, and there are many ways in which we can open the doors of the kingdom to them as well. And therefore we have to make our regular contributions to the church. For the ministry of God's Word must not only go out here in Edmonton, but also amongst the natives in British Columbia and Prince George and elsewhere and amongst the Chinese in the Fraser Valley, for this kind of thing the church at Sardis was rebuked because of its deadness may that not be said of us when it comes to the way we reach out to the community around us the Lord has given us the keys of the kingdom he doesn't just give that to office bearers but to all of us and we must use them for he can also take them away and then you may say that's so hard so busy with so many other things, and I'm not so sure if I could withstand the persecution or the ridicule of the world. I'm so weak. Well, the Lord says that He will keep His children from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. You know what that means? That means that God will protect. Therefore, he says in verse 11 that he will come soon. Time and again throughout the book of Revelation, you read that refrain, he will come soon. He tells us, his people, that he will not be slow in coming back. That doesn't mean, of course, that that will happen at any moment, although it can be. Nor it means that he will come as soon as possible. It means there won't be any delay. And that is the security he gives to everyone who confesses his name being ashamed for they are the ones who are allowed to go through the door that Christ has opened and do you know to what that door ultimately opens up to that door opens up to the temple of God third point it is in the temple that God dwells God doesn't dwell in an earthly temple in the temple of Jerusalem but he dwells in the heavenly temple, which is the new Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem. And that, brothers and sisters, is where he is right now. Together with his son. And all those who believe may also enter that temple. And when they do, they enter a secure dwelling. For God's temple can never be destroyed. The Lord says that him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. We know from 1, King, from 1 Kings 7 verse 21 that there were two pillars in the temple. The pillar to the south was named Jachin, meaning he establishes, and the one to the north was named Boaz, which means in him is strength. That is how now the Lord characterizes those who endure, those who withstand the trials, they like the pillars in the temple are characterized by the lord as stable and permanent but that's not all three names will also be dis- will also be inscribed on them god's name will be written on them the new the name of the new jerusalem will be written on them and his new name ownership. He wants to assure you that you belong to him. And that is the insurance that he gives to those Christians in Philadelphia. And that is the assurance that he gives also to you and to me. He also gave that to little Aaron DeWitt, who has just been baptized. And to little Maverick Van And to Bentley Rollerman. And to Devin Slope. The Lord has given to all of them an open door. He has given an open door to you and to me to that new Jerusalem. That door stands open to the believer and their seed. And do you know what is behind that open door? The new Jerusalem, which is so beautifully described here at the end of this prophecy in chapter 21. And there it says that in that new Jerusalem, there will be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain. The most beautiful thing about that new Jerusalem is that all those who enter it will have complete and full fellowship with God. that we must seek here on earth, and that we will receive in fullness in the life hereafter. Brothers and sisters, the Lord God has given us an open door. He has also given us the keys of the kingdom to hand out to all those who want to seek fellowship with God and his people. It is for those who know that they do not belong to this world, even though they live in it, but who Once again, then the Lord Jesus ends this prophecy by saying, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Listen. Receive God's instruction for eternal life. The Lord has given you an open door.